Soylent Green, the miracle food of high-energy plankton gathered from the oceans of the world. Because of its enormous popularity, Soylent Green is in short supply. Remember, Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Cole, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 576 for Sunday, February 21st, 2016. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today I'm going to take a look at Soylent Green from 1973. It stars Charlton Heston, Lee Taylor Young, and Edward G. Robinson. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to this movie. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then I'll get into the movie. What is the secret of Soylent Green? New York City, in the year 2022. Nothing runs anymore. Nothing works. But the people are the same. And the people will do anything to get what they need. This is the police. What they need most is Soylent Green. The supply of Soylent Green has been exhausted. Return to your home. What is the secret of Soylent Green? Detective Sergeant Thorne. He has a two-year backlog of unsolved murders. Now he's on a case that must be solved. Saul Roth, Thorne's private library. Hey, Saul. A living book in a world without books. Have some pencils. Courtesy of your next assignment. William R. Simonson. Simonson. He was the first to learn the secret of soil and green. They told me to, uh, to say that they were sorry, but that you had become unreliable. <laughs> Saul Roth was the next to know. How do we come to this? 
And he chose to die rather than reveal the secret of Soylent Green. What is the secret of Soylent Green? Why did you set up Simonson? I didn't. Cheryl. Let's see your hands. Officially, she's furniture. She comes with the apartment. She belongs to the tenant. How many times you've been in trouble with the police, Cheryl? Never. Can't hear you. Never. Captain Hatcher. First, he wanted this case solved. Simonson. What do you say? It was an assassination. Now, he just wants it closed. Who bought you? High and hot, and they want this case closed permanently. Their way. Now, you sign this. You sign it! Dorn refuses to close the Simonson case. Just do what you have to do. Where did you go with Simonson? He took me to church. Church? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been six months since my last confession. Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson, Chuck Connors, Lee Taylor Young, Brock Peters, Paula Kelly, and Joseph Cotton fight for survival and try to solve the most bizarre riddle ever to face mankind. The search for the secret of Soylent Green. You will find out why Soylent Green means life. You will find out why Soylent Green means death. We've got to stop him! What is the secret of Soylent Green? Please! Soylent Green is an American science fiction thriller directed by Richard Fleischer. The movie was released May 9, 1973, and has a running time of 97 minutes. It was loosely based on the 1966 science fiction novel Make Room, Make Room by Harry Harrison. It was produced by Walter Seltzer and Russell Thatcher and was distributed by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Here's some information about the director and the stars of this movie, starting with the director, Richard Fleischer. He was an American film director. He was born on December 8, 1916 in Brooklyn, New York. His father was animator and cartoon producer Max Fleischer. He began his career in 1942 at RKO Studios, directing shorts and documentaries. He won an Academy Award as producer for the 1947 documentary Design for Death, a documentary about the cultural forces that led to Japanese imperialism and World War II. In 1954, he was chosen by Walt Disney, who was his father's former rival, to direct 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He became known for directing feature movies like The Vikings, Barabbas, Fantastic Voyage, Dr. Doolittle, and Torah, Torah, Torah. He passed away on March 25, 2006 at the age of 89. Next up, Charlton Heston. He was an American actor and political activist. He was born John Charles Carter on October 4, 1923, in Wilmette, Illinois. He will be best remembered for his role as Moses in the Ten Commandments. He appeared in over a hundred movies in his 60-year career. He has appeared in movies like Touch of Evil, Ben-Hur, El Cid, The Agony and the Ecstasy, Planet of the Apes, and The Omega Man. 
He won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Ben-Hur. As a political activist, he formed a conservative political action committee and was a Ronald Reagan supporter. He also served as the president of the NRA from 1998 to 2003. He passed away on April 5, 2008 at the age of 84. Next up, Lee Taylor Young. She is an American actress who's appeared on stage and screen and television. She was born January 25, 1945 in Washington, D.C. She is best known for her role as Cheryl, the furniture girl in today's movie. She got her first big break in 1966 when she was cast as Rachel Wells in the primetime soap opera Peyton Place. She married Ryan O'Neill, her Peyton Place co-star, in 1967. She would leave Peyton Place to pursue a film career. Her first film role was in the 1968 comedy I Love You, Alice B. Toklas. She would receive a Golden Globe nomination for Most Promising Female Newcomer for the role. She would keep busy in films and in television into the 2000s. She won an Emmy Award in 1994 for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series for her role in Picket Fences. And last but not least, Edward G. Robinson. He was a Romanian-born American actor. He was born Edward Goldenberg Robinson on December 12, 1893 in Bucharest, Romania. He was a popular star on stage and screen during Hollywood's golden age. He appeared in 40 Broadway plays and 100 films over his 50-year career. He will be best remembered for his roles as a gangster in films like Little Caesar and Key Largo. During the 1930s and 40s, he was an outspoken critic of fascism and Nazism. During the 1950s, he was called to testify at the House of Un-American Activities Committee during the Red Scare, but was cleared of any communist involvement. He has appeared in such movies as Double Indemnity, The Stranger, and The Ten Commandments. He received an honorary Academy Award for his work in the film industry, which was posthumously awarded to him two months after his death in 1973. He passed away January 26, 1973, at the age of 79. And that's all I have for movie information. Now let's get into the movie. Detective Thorne is a New York City cop from the 14th Precinct. He lives in a cramped one-room apartment with his aged friend and roommate, Saul Roth, played by Edward G. Robinson. Roth is a former college professor whose job is to sort through the remnants of written records and books to help Thorne with his investigations. Roth is known as a book. Now, when I was a kid, food was food. For our scientific magicians, poisoned the water, polluted the soil, decimated plant and animal life. Why, in my day, you could buy meat anywhere. Eggs they had, real butter, fresh lettuce in the stores. I know, Saul, you told me before. How can anything survive in a climate like this? A heat wave all year long. A greenhouse, greenhouse effect. effect. Everything, Everything is, is burning burning up. Okay, wise guy. Some soil and green and calm down. I finished it last night. I was hungry, damn it. I'll hustle some more on Tuesday. You do that. I don't want to get caught in another riot. 
Get off. I'll charge up the batteries before I go. You'll get a heart attack. You should be so lucky. I peddle this damn thing halfway around the world. Yeah, I'm getting pretty sick of you. Yes, but you love me. Night shift again. I'll be damn late. So get something to eat. Vaya con Dios. What? Go with God. Schmuck. A man named Donovan, played by Ron Jensen, hires a man named Gilbert, played by Stephen Young, to kill a wealthy man named Simonson. Later that evening, Gilbert sneaks into the luxury apartment of Simonson, played by Joseph Cotton, and kills him. What do you want? Uh, you, Mr. Simonson. I knew soon. Uh, they told me to, uh, to say that they were sorry, but that you had become unreliable. That's true. They can't risk a catastrophe, they say. They're right. Then, uh, this is right? No, not right. Necessary. To who? To God. Thorne is assigned to investigate the murder of William R. Simonson, a 68-year-old wealthy lawyer living in a luxury high-rise apartment building called Chelsea Towers West. Thorne questions Simonson's bodyguard, Tab Fielding, played by Chuck Connors, and the furniture girl, Cheryl, played by Lee Taylor Young. Detective Thorne, 14th Precinct. Tab Fielding. I was Mr. Simonson's bodyguard. Furniture? Yes. Simonson's? Personal or building? Building. Where's Simonson? In the living room? Let's go. What was his full name? William R. Simonson. Occupation? Rich. Rich what? Lawyer, politics. I had the impression he was more or less retired. Say, does uh, this building have a food inventory? Yes, sir. Wouldn't you know? Get me some booze. No, I don't think that's within your jurisdiction. Relax. You're not working for him anymore. Your contract's been canceled. I've been paid to the end of the month. Get the bottle. Your boss didn't put up much of a fight. He wasn't the type. Most people like to live. If you say so. You're a dream. Son of a... Hey, where were you, bodyguard, when they were butchering your boss? They sent us out shopping. Us. See, the girl and I. You know, Cheryl. So? 
Well, we got back at 11. I saw the Jimmy marks on the door and ran in, but obviously it was... You know how to write? Yes. Why don't you go in the foyer and sit down and write me a statement? Include all your movements tonight and, uh, and yesterday and your employment number, okay? Okay. After interviewing the bodyguard and the furniture girl, Thorne fills the pillowcase with a couple of books, some fresh food, soap, paper, pencils, and some bourbon, and takes them with him when he leaves. When he returns to his apartment, he gives Saul the books and the rest of the loot he took from Simonson's apartment. Hey, Saul! What are you doing home? What time is it? Paper. New paper. Have some pencils. Did you ever see a cake of soap that big? Courtesy of your next assignment. William R. Simonson. Chelsea Towers West. Soil and Oceanographic Survey Report. 2015 to 2019. Two volumes. When, how'd you get all these? Off his shelves. They were the only reference books he had. You like them? Love them. Do you know how many books were published in this country once upon a time? When there was paper and power and presses that worked and... What the hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> Simonson was a great man. Lachaim. Love Apple. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so. Hmm. Come to this. Why the hell don't you get out of here, will you? Go back to your foolish work. Come on, Sal, don't take it so big. Look, we're doing okay. We're doing fine. We're doing lousy. Just like when I was a boy. Nobody cares, nobody tries. Including me. gone home long ago. Come on, I need you. Simonson, William R. Before Thorne returns to the 14th precinct, he goes to see Tab Fielding's apartment and his furniture girl. He finally makes it to the 14th precinct, where he reports to his superior officer, Lieutenant Thatcher, played by Brock Peters. Thorne tells him that he suspects that it may have been an assassination since nothing was stolen from the apartment and the murder seemed professional. He also thinks the bodyguard is in on it. So you finally made it. You know what time it is? 
You tell me you're the one who's got to watch. I can't. The damn thing won't run. Let me see it. Maybe I can fix it again. Huh. Okay. See, Matheson murder. And he's in Philadelphia. Out of our jurisdiction. His wife's been alive. Well, we'll pick her up if we can find her. Her sign. Uh, Zolitnikov. I'm working on it. Which means you still haven't got a damn thing. How old is Solroth now? He's doing all right. He's had it. Time for you to get another book. I'll make arrangements. No. Sooner or later. Not now. Well, it's your job. Simonson. Supposed to look like he was killed when he caught some punk burglarizing his apartment. Well, what do you say? It was an assassination. Just like that. One, the alarm system was out of order for the first time in two years. Two, the bodyguard was conveniently out shopping. Three, the punk didn't take anything. And four, the punk was no punk. He used a meat hook instead of a gun to make it look like a punk. What did you take? Everything I could lay my hands on. Well, what's for mother? One bill for me, 50 for Kulazik. 50 for you. 10 for Wagner from your end. Simonson must have been big. How big? Enough for Chelsea Towers West. Who did the inside work? For my money, it's the bodyguard. What about the furniture? Like grapefruit. <laughs> you never saw grapefruit. You never saw her. Come on, shove. You know what I really think, Lieutenant? What? I think it's really busted this time. Thorne returns to his apartment, where Saul has some information about William R. Simonson. Simonson, Saul. Report, huh? Schmuck. Biographical survey, 2006. Last one they published. Simonson, William R. Born 1954. Evidently unmarried. Graduated Yale Law School, 1977. Principal partner, Simonson, Borden, and uh, Santini. Governor Santini? Hold still, there's more. In 1997, he was a director of Holcox Manufacturing, Norfolk, Virginia, specialist in manufacturing freeze-drying equipment for commercial food processing. And in uh, 2018, Holcox was acquired by Soylent, and Simonson became a member of the board. The board of Soylent? Your dead one was a very important man. Soylent controls the food supply for half the world. What about those? Oh, very technical and highly classified. Unnumbered copies. Officially, they don't exist. Perfect. Now, what else do you want? Everything. Well, uh, law, 
soil and uh, oceanography across politics. the board across oh that's impossible check the exchange check the exchange i need you to tell me that you know i was a teacher once a full professor a respected man make a special effort will you so this case is for real for a lot of marbles who uh -huh. Never mind. Now, don't forget to pick up the water ration later. I'll do that. I'll die if I don't get water. Hey. Thorne feels like he's being followed and reports to his boss. At the same time, his boss is meeting with Donovan. Donovan tells Lieutenant Hatcher that the governor's office wants this case closed. Thorne, how about paying us a visit? I can't. Following up the Simon said thing. Well, what have you got? For openers, he was the director of Soylent. What else? Well, right now, somebody's tailing me. He's damn good at it. Big deal. Would you believe bodyguards are buying strawberries for 150 Ds a jar? You'd better report in here right away. Yes, sir. First thing in the morning. That was Thorne. It's a damn good cop. Appreciate the difficulty, Ed. But the department wants to cooperate with the governor's office, right? Whatever you say, sir. Lieutenant Hatcher calls Thorne into his office and tells him that the Simonson case is now closed. Closing the Simonson case. The hell you say? You heard me. The Simonson case is officially closed. Felonious assault. Signed. Yesterday, you agreed it was assassination. There have been 137 reported murders since then, and we won't solve them either. I'm not going to falsify that report. Oh? Got a suspect? Well, I've got leads. Huh. Look, this isn't some murder you scratch at for 24 hours and forget. I told you there's been a tail on me. Something stinks here. Look, you sign this and I'll bury it. Like hell you will. A member of the board of directors of the Soylent Corporation was torn apart with a meat hook. You can't sweep that carcass under the rug. Who bought you? You're bought as soon as they pay you a salary. Yeah, who's they? High and hot, and they want this case closed permanently. Their way. Now, you sign this. You sign it. If my name closes this case and somebody higher and harder wants to know why, it's my job. Sign it. I'll cover for you. I won't put my job in the line for you, Hatcher. But not my damn job. Governor Santini and Donovan meet to discuss the problem of Detective Thorne. Governor, sorry to disturb you this way, sir. Not at all, Donovan. Not at all. But your secretary told me where to find you. It's rather urgent, or I wouldn't have come out here. I understand. Now, what is it? I'm to inform you that the board is determined to resolve the Simonson investigation immediately, sir. I thought it was resolved. Yes, sir, but the police officer involved refuses to close the case. Oh. Perhaps because he went to church yesterday. Now, what does that mean? It was Simonson's church. The cop spoke 20 minutes with the priest. So? was same priest who heard Simonson's confession. I don't want to hear any more about it. I can't hear any more about it. Just do what you have to do. While on riot duty, Gilbert tries to kill Thorne. Gilbert shoots Thorne in the leg, but is killed when the scoop from one of the riot trucks crushes him. Later, Saul takes Simonson's books to the exchange and finds out a horrible secret. It's horrible. You must accept it. I say the words, but I can't believe them. Belief. The evidence is overwhelming. 
Simonson was a member of the board. Yeah. He learned these facts and they shook his sanity. The corporation knew he was not reliable anymore. They feared he might talk and so he was eliminated. And why are they doing this? Because it's easier. I think expedient is the word. What we need is the proof of what they are doing before we bring it to the Council of Nations. Good God. What God, Mr. Roth? Where will we find him? Perhaps at home. After hearing the truth, Saul decides that he is ready to go home. Home is a youth in Asia clinic. Thorne returns to his apartment to find a note from Saul saying that he is going home. Thorne races to the clinic, but doesn't get there in time. Sal has already started the process. Saul whispers the horrible secret to Thorne as he dies. Thorne follows Saul's body to one of the trash trucks. He hops on one of the trash trucks and goes to the waste disposal plant. Thorne finds out they don't dispose of the bodies. They process them and turn them into Soylent Green. He is discovered and has to fight his way out of the factory. On his way to the exchange, he is ambushed by Tab Fielding and some of his men. There's a shootout in the church, and Thorne kills Tab, but is seriously injured. As he is taken out of the church, he shouts, Soylent Green is people. Hey, are you with us? Hatcher, did I get him? Yeah, you got him all right. You know, you don't listen too good, but you're a damn good cop. That's right. Get to the exchange. You gotta tell them they're right. But let's take care of you first. You don't understand. I've got proof. They need proof. I've seen it. I've seen it happening. They've got to tell people. Tell them what? The ocean's dying. Plankton's dying. It's people. Soylent Green is made out of people. Making our food out of people. Next thing they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger. I promise. I'll tell the exchange. You tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them. Silent Green is people. And that's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. Soylent Green was Edward G. Robinson's last movie. He would die 12 days later after shooting ended. The movie line Soylent Green as People was voted as the number 77th movie quote by the American Film Institute's Top 100 Quotes. This was the last film shot at MGM Studios' backlot on Overland Boulevard and Culver Boulevard in Culver City, California. 
The lot was raised in 1973 to make room for assisted living community and condominiums. The video game in Simonson's apartment was the first coin-operated video game. It was called Computer Space, and it was designed by Nolan Bushnell, who later founded Atari and designed Pong. The word Soylent is a mixture of the words soy and lentil. And that's all I have for movie trivia. Now it's time for the Star Trek Connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every movie I watch. Believe it or not, there are five Star Trek connections in today's movie. The first Star Trek connection is Brock Peters. He played Lieutenant Hatcher in today's movie. He was Admiral Cartwright in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, and Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. He was also Joseph Sisko in the Star Trek series Deep Space Nine. He was Commander Sisko's father. The second Star Trek connection is Roy Jensen. He played Donovan in today's movie. He would play Cloud Williams in the original series episode, Omega Glory. The third Star Trek connection is Celia Lovsky. She played the exchange leader in today's movie. She played T'Pau in the original series episode, A Muck Time. The fourth Star Trek connection is Morgan Fairley. He played book number one at the exchange in today's movie. He made two appearances in the original series. He played the Yang Scholar in Omega Glory and Hakem in The Return of the Archons. My fifth and final Star Trek connection is Gerald Fried, and this is a deep pull. He was a conductor of the music in this movie. He would compose and or conduct music for nine episodes of the original series. The Paradise Syndrome, A Private Little War, Wolf in the Fold, Friday's Child, Journey to Babel, Cat's Paw, The Apple, Amok Time, and Shore Leave. And that's all I have for the Star Trek Connection. Here are my comments about the movie. I watched the Warner Brothers 2007 DVD release. It comes with an audio commentary by Lee Taylor Young and director Richard Fleischer. It also comes with two featurettes, one being a look at the world of Soylent Green and MGM's tribute to Edward G. Robinson's 101st film, a video called Charleston Heston's Sci-Fi Movie Essays, and a theatrical trailer. The picture and sound quality are pretty good on this DVD. I picked it up on Amazon for 7 or 8 bucks. Money well spent. Soylent Green is a great movie. It's also a depressing movie. There's no happy ending. The story is great. I mean, you have a cop who's called into a murder investigation, which turns into a conspiracy with an evil corporation, crooked cops, corruption. Just a great movie. Um, Charleston Heston and Edward G. Robinson did some great performances in this movie. There's a performance where they're sitting down eating real-life food, and it's all ad-libbed, and it's great. Um, one of the touching scenes that they have together is when they're at home and, and Edward G. Robinson is going off to die, um, you, you can see Charleston Heston, he's got tears in his eyes. And those are real tears because he knew that Edward G. Robinson was dying from cancer in real life. And just that scene just brought out all those emotions. Um, there's a lot of familiar faces in this movie. Uh, Simonson, that was Joseph Cotton. And I, you'll remember him from the movie The Third Man with Orson Welles. If you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie. The governor, Governor Santini, was Whit Bissell. And he's been in every movie and every TV show for 150,000 years. You know him when you see him. The bodyguard, Tab Fielding, 
That was Chuck Connors, and I know him as the Rifleman. And the attendant at the uh, euthanasia clinic was Dick Van Patten from Eight is Enough. Isn't that funny? All those good people. Um, This movie has a lot of stuff going on in it. I mean, it's got income inequality with the have and the have-nots, and then you have the oppression of women, you know, the furniture girl thing. That's crazy. That's just slavery. And then you have global warning, the gr- global warming, the greenhouse effect. Uh, then you have the environmental problems with the pollution. And then you have the evil corporation with soiling industries. And then the crooked governor. And then police corruption. And then the suicide clinics. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. This movie is a must-see movie for all science fiction fans. Even if you're not a science fiction fan, you should watch this movie. It's a good movie. Like I said, it's a bummer, though. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'll give this movie a solid 8. And that's all I have for this movie. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back next week on the podcast, and he'll be taking a look at a Deep Space Nine episode, Meridian. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5, signing off. Trucks in Silent.